is The Verse, a weekly dive into the cinematic universes and beyond. We'll dissect the latest episodes, films, and news all fans from veterans to news are dying to know more about. Now, here's our team of pop culture superheroes we call The Verse Squad. Welcome to The Verse. Welcome back to The Verse, the podcast that always looks out for the little guy. For this episode, we continue our coverage of HBO's The Last of Us. Plus, we wrap our coverage on Season 2 of The Legend of Vox Machina on Amazon Prime Video. And if there's time, we set our sights on the Quantum Realm with Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. But first, let's introduce the team. I'm Norm. I'm Lucas. I'm Bridget. And I'm Emilia. And once again, we have quite... A lot to cover, so there's not going to be any the verse news for this episode. Aww. <laughs> I don't have news uh, anyways, so it's fine. Well, I will say that the the trailer for Fast X dropped. I um, knew it! I knew it! <laughs> I knew it! Huh. Would you say the the trailer was fire and fast? Was it more fast than One fire, might... or more fire than fast? It's it's more furious than anything. Oh, all right then. Okay. I think we should save it for a T three segment personally. Huh. no, uh, no comments from the old robotic peanut gallery. Oh, uh, yeah. Where, where did those guys go? Oh my God, Bert, Cronsworth, what happened to your, uh, uh everything? Oh right, yeah. So, so last episode, Norm had the bright idea to, uh. Make a little cash off of some black market robot thought, uh, robot parts. So, so, so you know, I I just thought. <laughs> uh, Emilia, where did that bucket of jellied eels come from? Look, we we all deserve a treat now and then. Oh man, that is messed up. Even to me, that scrap had to be worth way more than a bucket of jellied eels. Well, I'll keep that in mind for next time, but while you all stare on in horrified silence, why don't we talk about The Last of Us, Episode 6? So before we begin um, talking about Episode 6, we want to remind our listeners that we will be having a spoiler-filled discussion, but only about the things that have already taken place in the aired episodes. Uh, If you're caught up with the series, you are good to go. If not, you know, proceed with caution. Clickers and spoilers galore are ahead. So in this episode, after ignoring the advice of locals, Joel and Ellie descend deeper into dangerous territory in search of the Fireflies and his brother Tommy. I thought I really loved the name of this episode. It was very appropriate. Kin. Kin. (laughs) Sounds like a country western song. (laughs) It does. It absolutely does. Uh, And uh, this episode was such a different field than the previous five episodes. Uh, It was something very, like, pretty and warm about it. I mean, the setting itself was gorgeous. We've talked about this, though. (laughs) No, they do this where it's, like, super tense. Oh, this is awful. Like Norm said, then it's like, okay, now I have, like, a little time to reflect, a little downtime, and then it's going to get really rough again. Uh, So, yeah, that's what we got this episode was the first time we've seen Civilization, really, since the first episode. Um, It's it's funny because it's it's Civilization portrayed in a way that works because 
Yeah. Uh, all the other instances of uh, civilization we've come across uh, haven't been working too well. So no, they've been hope. dystopian, and this was somewhat, somewhat utopian in some ways. Close. What I, well, close, yeah. Close. What I loved, the next best thing, communist. Anyway, <laughs> so what I, <laughs> I was, I was going to bring that up, but I was like, oh, I think we have to wait a little bit till we get there. We we'll ease into it more later. But um, what I loved about this episode too is that like last episode at the end we got the whole like the the you know what happened with Henry and Sam and um their deaths and then it, it like cuts to their 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 graves being dug and like that was a little bit different from the game and i think you know we talked a little about that like oh was that a good change was that a neutral change etc and then this episode you get exactly the game experience because mm-hmm. they give you the that last bit of heartbreak at the end there at the top of this episode cut to black bam three months later it's snowy and i was i thought that was a nice nod because i was like you know that they've they you know they heard us talking about it so they did this <laughs> yeah. um so did anybody else really like the uh couple the that joe and ellie uh joel and ellie yes. like come across in the yeah. very beginning <laughs> did you recognize who they were the guy i know that the man was in snow dogs yeah, well, he's uh, the actor who's Graham Greene is in a lot of stuff. He always he's plays, in everything. Like, he, he was in like Dances with Wolves. Yes. back in the day. So yes. he's he's the Native American that gets cast in a lot. But he's great, and he's he's kind of a staple of Hollywood industry. But Elaine Miles is from Northern Exposure. Oh wow, she's so cute. <laughs> and she, I was like, it's an old one. You know, she aged really well, man. She's you know, I could. She looks almost the same exact, but like a little older, as as I remember. So, such a cute couple in my in my eyes because like. He's like, why didn't you go for the gun? She's like, well, it was over there. (laughs) (laughs) He made him soup. (laughs) No, the bickering was great because it was like old married couples. You're kind of mad at each other all the time about little things. It was like, did you tell him the truth? Yeah. Are you telling me the truth? truth? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it because it's like like they obviously haven't had anyone stop by Mm -hmm. that weren't that were cordial, I guess. Cause I mean, even though Joe and Ellie, like kind of broke in and held a gun, whatnot, they're still being somewhat cordial in a way. Yeah. They just didn't care. They were like, they're like this apocalypse situation. It's not even a big deal. Like <laughs> yeah, probably didn't change their lives very much at all. Right. Like if they were living off the grid in the middle of nowhere, like besides a few less visitors every year, like it probably didn't change very much for them. No. Like, and do you I know think... what happened to my ancestors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like we've been through oh a, an apocalypse before, so you know. But I don't. I just think one. I th- that being like the opening of the episode, like I I set the tone because it was a very funny, like open, as serious of the situation. Like they're kind of holding this cute little couple hostage, Joel and Ellie. Like it was very funny and was very innocent. Um, and you kind of see. And like, I like what the, the humor f- of it. Yeah, like, it was funny. Like the like, show definitely funny. needs humor that feels organic right like, well, I hate like it when joel they can i come downstairs yet very very wholesome hostage situation wait yeah. re- really you're gonna, you're gonna take their rabbits <laughs> yeah that was well that ellie god she's definitely growing on me for just being such a jerk yeah she's just an yeah, I really, jerk it, you know yeah. they 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 really do this they they really take you on an emotional roller coaster and i, I know that's like a, a cliche term but they did it in this episode a lot because, like, 
Um, you know, it started with the the uh, Henry and Sam thing, and 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 then like went to this cute couple where you think, oh no, this is gonna be really tense, and 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 no, it was funny. And then like Ellie and Joel are like going out, and they're like being warned of this river. Don't like you don't want to go past yeah. the river. And Ellie's like, do you think this is the river, or do you think that you. that's river the river? You know, yeah. And it's funny because, like, you're it's a little tense, but at the same time, uh, like, there's humor there and they're doing a really good job. And then when they finally meet the uh, riders who come out to mm-hmm. after them, the riders of Rohan, who show <laughs> up. <Yeah. laughs> but like, uh, and, and they bring out the dog and they're like, he'll know if you're infected. And all, that whole entire lead up to the dog, like, kissing her, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I know that was supposed to be suspenseful, but I was like, yeah, there's no way that's going to happen. No, <laughs> like, but I'm going to tell you, like, it was interesting seeing, like, Joel starting to have the panic attacks. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that was yeah. a lot to see. And that's why I think it bothered me more in the scene with the dog. Because I was like, is Joel going to drop dead of a heart attack right now from that's, a panic okay, attack? So- that was what I was more nervous about. Like, it was going to distract the dog from attacking <laughs> Ellie because he dropped dead or, like, you know, basically passed out. That's what I thought was going to happen. So I was what's wondering. cool about this, a change from the game, right, is that that wasn't really in the game. He sort of had, like, and they, a little bit, but not really, not to this level of him, like, having a panic attack and his heart stopping. Uh, but I'll give the writers credit. They changed little details so successfully that I was actually worried about that too, Bridget. I was like, wait, are they going to change it where he just freaking dies of a heart attack? <laughs> well, I was, I would, yeah, I was worried that was how they were going to take him out for the last half the season. Obviously they yeah. went, you know, a different, a different direction. But, um, I was like, I was like, I was thinking, I was imagining, I was like, I don't want that to be the no. way that they do it though. <laughs> no, I was actually getting stressed out about it. But again, like it added that tension to it that as a player of the games, like would not have been there. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it would, Anyway, it was very clever of them to, to put that in. And I'll say one of the biggest things about this episode that works, you know, the best, and it's why this whole episode works, is Joel's fragileness. Just seeing him come apart at the seams, which has been building from the beginning, you realize now, like in retrospect, looking back, they've been building to this episode after episode. And he finally gets to this, like, breaking point, And it was just talk about, you know, getting like, Emmy nominations come in like that. That no, performance stop. by Pedro Pascal is the best part of this episode. The three scenes, the three se- well, honestly, throughout the whole episode, it was incredible. But, like, the three scenes is, like, the first encounter with him and his brother drinking alone in the bar, then th- them alone in the woodshed, and then when it's mm-hmm. him and Ellie in the upstairs bedroom. Like, those back-to-back-to-back, yeah. back to back, I was, like, just, like, it's so emotional. Like, you can't help but just, like... Uh, like your heart is just breaking for this guy Mm -hmm. and he is falling apart which is interesting because up until this point yeah it's like he's been the strong guy right trying to do the right thing but it was up to this point like he's been the go-to guy you know the fearless guy who's going out like nothing bothers him clearly he's got trauma but you know what i'm saying he like pushes through he's just gonna you know kill the clickers and do what you got to do to survive and now it's to a point like I'm not going to survive if she doesn't survive. Like, so, yeah, this is family. (laughs) So this is no kin. (laughs) Kin. (laughs) This is where I'm going to say very. I've rarely said this about the series so far, but this is where the game actually, I think, did a little bit better. And it was because of the time it took in the game for you to get this far. 
that you the turn the Joel's final you you seeing the turn of him being like no 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 I do want I, I let her in my life and now she's a part of it um, takes longer to build in the game therefore it feels more genuine I want to say or 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 not not genuine because Pedro Pascal does a really good job of uh, of laying it on for us but like there's more of investment that's what I'm looking at. There was more of an investment in the game for you to get to this point for you then to see Joel starting to like, oh, my God, I, you know, I care about her. Whereas with this, I think if we had an episode or two between these, I think you would get it would hit a little bit harder. But still, hats off to, to Pedro Pascal. He did it great. And then, um, uh, wow, why am I blanking on Ellie's name now? Uh, the Bella, Ramsey. Bella Ramsey. Bella Ramsey. Thank you. Um, she did great, Bridget. When they were talking, you're right. That she did, she did fantastic too in that scene. So they're all playing off each other really well. Yeah, and well, so Norm, I somewhat agree with you, and we'll get into it at the end of the episode. Things that I thought was done better in the game, but what one of the things that I really appreciate about this is they're trying to do a more realistic portrayal because the game is not, you know, there's something that's never going to be realistic because it's a video game. Right. Like you can get shot like five times yeah. and like <laughs> survive. But um, is this idea that it's, he's a human being who's been through so much physical conflict. You know, he's been in a war zone practically for, you know, 20 years or whatever. That takes a toll on you, not only physically, but psychologically. And so he's been living that way and it's unsustainable. And this is the thing that I really appreciate about it is that like all of that came at a cost. The way he lived his life, the stuff he survived through. And listen, everybody has a breaking point. I don't care how tough you are to begin with. Like you're in you're in the, the heat of it long enough, you're gonna break down. And that's something I think this is most movies don't even like portray properly. It's the idea that like your body just fails you eventually. Like he, he's going deaf in his ear and he's, he's realizing like, you know, he's getting too old and too banged up to even protect her. And, you know, now finally making himself vulnerable again, he can't handle that. And also the best part about this, by the way, was his realization that um, he's going to fail her. And so he can't fail her. So he's got to pass the responsibility off to his brother which is really difficult for somebody like yeah. him to do because he's a control freak who like needs to be the one in charge. And it's also, he really cares for her now. So it's this weird, like he had to do the Harry, what I call the Harry and the Henderson moment. If you ever remember that, yeah. where it's like, <laughs> go away, Harry. He had to do that to her, which yeah. is great. The game, by the way, does the same thing where it's like, we're not a part of, the, you know, you, we're not family, whatever. He has to do like the, we're splitting up, go away, Harry. Yeah. And uh, you know, he doesn't want to do that. He just thinks it's the right thing to do. So well, it's tearing him up to do it, and he still does it, but then he is a coward, actually, and goes back because he yeah. cares for her too much. It's, it's great. I love the whole arc that they packed into that. I think there's something cool, too, like, that ran parallel with the idea of him, like, breaking down, like, emotionally and physically. Like, the whole idea of the boots. Like, they kept focusing on the shoes that he was mm -hmm. wearing. Like, at the beginning of the episode, it shows him duct taping them, trying to mm -hmm. get them to last until they get to... Wyoming and then like him getting frustrated with not being able to fix them until his brother like just gives them a new pair and, I, and it was so, so simple but they kept like well, honing in on the shoes really so well, yeah. yeah I just was, only like, it could that be really as simple as shoes right like a human spirit <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. his yeah. soles are worn thin uh... um <laughs> Another great uh, moment which had no dialogue it was just uh, facial reaction from uh from uh, from Pedro Pascal was when he thinks he sees his daughter mm. at the Christmas oh, tree. Oh my god! That, and you knew he kind of so knew sad. it wasn't her, but he still he was, was like, 
in a dream state yeah. or something. It was really well done. I liked it. All I want to do is just deliver his daughter to him somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Reach through there and be like, don't worry, Nico Parker is alive and well here in the real world. <laughs> I will say that I think, though, my favorite moment in this whole episode, Mm -hmm. it was when he was finally teaching Ellie how to shoot. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like I just think that was my favorite episode. But I th- and it was after you know they had their little quarrel, I guess you want to call it, and like he's finally like openly admitted like he cares for her, and he's teaching her how to shoot, and that was so funny. Like she's like, no, like, no, it's I broken. got it. It's broken. The gun is broken. <laughs> And them, them writing a hole on the target, like it was just yeah. there was like like you said, Lucas. Like the humor is so simple, like it's mm-hmm. so simple in these. But it episodes. feels earned. It feels. But it's so effective. Out of, out of yeah. Ellie does such a good job of. Uh, so Bell Ramsey does a, a really good job, and the writers gave her some good comedic moments mm-hmm. that are really small and quick, but they may they make a bit of, bit of an impact. My favorite one is when. Joel says, oh, maybe a farmer, maybe a, a, a sheep uh, herder or whatever. And then later on, uh, they she- see the sheep and she's like, hey, Joel. <laughs> yeah, I totally would have said that too. Also, no, she, I then, loved. Uh, <laughs> well, they... You're going to say when she's like, what you looking at? And they're like, well, girls don't talk like that around here. So, well, maybe I'll teach him. <laughs> yeah, that was good. But I also so loved too, sense. in the beginning of the episode when she was asking Joel like questions like, I, I I don't remember exactly the first question she asked him, but she was like, you know, you could have just made something up and I'd believe you. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the episode, when they're on the horse, she's like, so she's like, what did a contractor do? And he's like, everybody loved contractors. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they yeah. were an esteemed class in society. Yeah. Honestly, and I, you know, and they're like, not coming oh back God. for a while. You should live in, live in that yeah. fantasy like, world. That was, that was really funny. It's <laughs> a little smirk that really sold it. It, yeah, the yeah, relationship exactly. was the driving force of this whole episode, and it just delivered. And now that we're getting to know the characters better as well, I mean, those are things, again, like what they improved on from the game was they, you know, they're becoming their own characters for this TV series, a little bit different than the game. You know, they've carved out their own, you know, depth of character and how they interact, which is really nice. So I do have a question about the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. In, like, the post episode like breakdown that hbo does they were talking about how the scene with joel and ellie in the bedroom of him telling mm-hmm. her to, you know like you're not we're not family on together they said it was like basically exactly from the game like the, it was almost the, the really, set and, really the, and the dialogue yeah. was almost yeah. like identical okay so then this is my question when a scene like that happens in the middle of a video game are you just like hands-off controllers? Yeah. They're just yes. like acting out a scene in front of you yes. it's like you're watching a television show or movie yeah and bridget well, Okay. What's different? What's different in this game as opposed to most other games is in many other games I skip the cutscenes or that's my time to go and get a drink from the fridge or something, and I can never I'm glued to the TV on this one. I would Sacrilege. never skip the cutscene. <laughs> um, Bridget, Laura, Lucas, Bridget, you can, you can usually tell they um, instead of being full screen, they'll put the black bars at the top and bottom, make it go like oh, okay. you know theat- theatrical mode, theatrical and that way mode, you yeah. that way you know. Okay, so I think, like, after we finish, like, getting through this series, I know there's probably going to be season two, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's already I, greenlit, so yeah. Oh, it is greenlit. Perfect. Yeah. I want to wa- watch through, like, the video game, like, you know, oh, you Twitch totally or something that. like that, just to watch through, just to see how it is. Because, again, I'm probably 
honestly never going to play it. I know myself, and I don't. Well, Emily, isn't that what you did? Because you kind of ran out of time, so you watched the game on on YouTube yeah. or something, right? Yeah, I played a chunk, and then I stopped being close to the game and the and the, and the console for the game. <laughs> so then I eventually caught up, and I watched. Actually, shout out to Markiplier. I watched his playthrough. <laughs> oh, there you go. My brother literally was like, hey, can you like stream it so I can watch while you're playing it? He's beaten it two or three times already, but he just loves it so much. He was like, I'd, I'd just watch you play it. It's a, it's a good and I game. agree. I was like, I wish somebody in the house was better than me would could play it, and i just watch him play it at this point yeah. I suck so bad. I'm on my way. I was just going to say, Norm, are you going to set up a Twitch stream totally for us? Yeah, do you want to play through the DLC? <laughs> I, can't wait, I think that's where we're headed. Wait, there was a There's DLC? There's no way to stream the PlayStation, right? Yeah. Oh, I do have yeah. the DLC, With which, the... by the way, the next episode is supposed to be part of the dlc and i yeah, have yeah. it on my console oh ellie and huh. riley's story i yeah. did not play the dlc uh because i the dlc wasn't out by the time i finished it and usually <laughs> usually when I, I rarely go back to play games uh i did play go back and play this on hard mode because i was curious i played uh arkham asylum mm -hmm. arkham dude the game's so good and arkham knight on, all that series we, yeah. i went back and played that a second time through and stuff like that yeah. but like Rarely do I ever go back, and I didn't know there was a DLC, or else I probably would have went back and played this again. Well, my brother said, don't DLC? worry about playing the DLC. So uh, it's like an expansion pack. So Downloadable like, content. After you, yeah. There you go. After you buy the game itself, you can buy these little like add-ons that give more gotcha. story and more levels and things. So my brother okay. said, don't worry about playing the DLC because, you know... I was really stressing out, though. I'm like, my God, I've been trying to keep ahead of this. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get up to the next spot. Which, by the way, no, remember I wrote you on Slack? I was like, hey, I, I'm up to this point, And it was right at the where this episode ended. Or a little bit after this episode ended, actually. And yeah. so I totally timed it properly with when to stop playing the game to watch it. Anyway. Uh, so what happens in the game that's a little different is they go to that same college, right? Where there's all this fireflies, yep. supposedly. And then they get jumped by you know dozens of guys and through a scuffle joel gets knocked off a second floor onto a pylon that goes through his stomach it's super traumatic and then you have to try to play and like your your vision's fading as you're shooting at guys it's totally stressful and amazing mm -hmm. and it's probably one of the best parts of the game and they they abbreviated that to him just getting stabbed with a broken baseball bat and i was like i know why they did it and i'm not saying they made the wrong decision but i'm like that kind of stinks because that was the coolest part of the game, and I was really looking forward to how it's they were. Less dramatic. Yeah, that was a lot to take in in that like couple minutes of that scene. One, I yeah. thought I thought we were gonna have infected monkeys. I was yes. really yes. thought we were Trust gonna me, have in infected game you do monkeys. Too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was like, oh, they're not infected. Okay, we're not going there. Rage I monkeys. was like, this is yeah. this was gonna be a turn that I was not expecting, but I thought we were gonna get infected monkeys, and then. Again, like, I just think, like, the episode does such a good job of connecting itself, like, coming full circle, because, like, uh, his brother's wife there, I can't remember her name. Uh, Tara oh, from... Maria. Um, yes. Her name's... Uh, Maria is the character's name. Maria, Thank you, yeah. Emilia. So Maria was, like, asking Ellie, like, oh, he doesn't kill people anymore. She's like, oh, only when it's necessary. And then at the end, end you see the, him just snap this guy's neck. Oh, my God. It was just. Yeah. That's like the most brutal well, way you can, like, kill someone. One of them, No, I, 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 honestly, after watching Hot D, there's a lot of other brutal ways you can kill someone. But 
It was brutal so, to see yeah. him snap this guy's neck. But so, yeah, and then him turning around and then him being stabbed. You're like, oh, I was not expecting that. Like, was not expecting that at all. So, but I don't know what. Luke, like, you guys knew that was coming. I guess essentially, sort of. So I mean, yeah. like, me, Lucas I was said, like, uh, like Lucas said, it was it was definitely done different in the the game. And while it was a cool mechanic in the game, and I agree that yeah. in, in a way it was probably better, in the same t- uh, tone though, uh, for this I think I think it worked really well this way because it showed Ellie that Joel's willing to sacrifice himself now. Because Joel from episode two and three, mm-hmm. uh, he ain't doing that for Ellie. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I mean I I'm not saying I disagree with what they did. I understand why they did it. It just there's a part of me that's like, man, again, it's similar to with the, what we lost in episode 3 when we didn't get that whole school chase with yeah. the bloater then. I'm like, I know why they removed it. It's like it wasn't really the best way to tell the story for the characters, but at the same time I was like I kind of missed it <laughs> because that was like one of my favorite parts of the game, but understood yeah. why they removed it. I kind of miss it, but but something that I missed that I think really should have been and i'm guessing wasn't in for maybe budget reasons was the giraffe scene oh oh yeah that's right okay so are there infected animals what is the dealio because i was so ready for (laughs) infected clicker monkeys from as far as we can tell they haven't shown any infected animals in the first game yeah i mean that monkey was pretty angry when they stumbled upon it but didn't seem noticeably infected but in the games they there's a zoo, like, right there, mm-hmm. basically. So Next to the college? At, like, what, the campus that they're at? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so they're, like, they're going through the building, um, and they find these giraffes just roaming around. And it's, like, this really magical little cutscene where... With, I don't think it's a cutscene. You, like, you play through it, No, basically. you actually play, walk, you, yeah. or you're on a horse, so you go buy him on the horse. Yeah. You're, like... Walking around, like Ellie is like, "Oh my God, look at this!" And you're like, first, your instinct is like, "Oh, danger!" But it's not danger. It's a, a moment of wonderment where she's looking at these giraffes, and you like get to pet them together. And you have this incredibly tender, like bonding moment uh, before you fall down two stories and get stabbed by a pylon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I did want to wow. point out that Maria, who's the actress is from True Blood. Anybody watch that? Tara That's from You know True what? Blood. I knew she looked familiar. I didn't fully watch True Blood all the way through, but I've seen it a lot of episodes. No, I kind of dropped it before the... It got so bad after a while. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I never finished it. Great actress. It. I always loved her and her storyline. Um, anyway, so I'm just happy to see her return in an HBO thing. Um, but I also like that they, we got to see her interaction with uh, Ellie was really fun because you, you got to see like a yeah. maternal person dealing with Ellie as opposed to... <laughs> you know, Joel, a gruff, silent Joel. So it was like cool to see that interaction between them. It also highlighted, you know, just kind of, you, you kind of forget how Ellie is just turned into such a weirdo because of all this, her company she keeps and the stuff she's been through. I just find her so fun now. Like, and she's a little more outrageous than in the video game. Um, like, <laughs> what was I going to say? The, I, I loved how her watching that movie, I thought it was going to be this like moment where cause she seemed so excited for it. And you could tell us how quickly she was like, I have no idea what the hell's going on. Like, <laughs> this doesn't have any resonance to my life. You know, and right. she this gets panicked. Plot is so and, stupid. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sure she was like, what is, like, none of this matters. Like, and then her, like, you can tell panicking that Joel wasn't around and trying to go find him. Yeah, that was a cool little moment. Yeah, and I loved, I lo- I did love that scene eventually after their fight in the morning where they're like getting on the horse, and he, he Joel's like, 
you deserve a choice. And he's like, he has a whole speech prepared. And then she just goes, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Can yep. we talk about how much like Texan energy there was in this episode? Texan? I mean, I can't say that. I, well, okay. Let me preface. I don't know a lot of Texans. <laughs> but <laughs> there was no I bless your souls. That's what I, there's no bless your souls in this episode. But these, but like Tommy and Joel talking to each other, they're like, there's like super gruff. And it's a very emotional conversations, even though they don't show a lot of emotion. <laughs> and he's just like, like the way I, the way I see it. <laughs> well, I loved how when the fir- when they first met in that first scene, uh, when they're finally talking, the two of them drinking, he completely lies to his brother. He conceals everything. Yeah, you know, he's just trying to find a way to get what he needs out of the situation and not have to open up to him about you know everything that's going on in his head. And it's exactly how like. I literally don't allow my brothers and I to do that anymore. Like, if we're going to talk, we're going to talk from the heart about real things. Like, none of this. Like, how's everything? Oh, just fine, right? Like, so him, like, lying and concealing feels so natural as, like, a, you know, a man who was raised <laughs> without emotions. Uh, and I love that they, that's how they start and him being deceitful and really, like, trying to lie to his brother to get what he needs out of the situation and finally comes full circle. But and that scene though where his brother's like, I'm gonna be a dad. It's like you couldn't have asked for a, a like, worse news yeah. to deliver and a we'll, worse time uh, to deliver we'll, it. He's like, Do you think I'll be a good dad? He's like, yeah. find out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um it's anyway, not like openly hostile yeah. thing to say, but it's pretty <laughs> Well when he first says it, you're like, Wow, that's a that's that's a little bit of a you know, D baggy uh Bit of a downer. Yeah, like, way, way to go, dude. But then later, I, I think you have to. Most people should have read it as Joel was planning on asking Tommy to finish this journey for him because he couldn't mm-hmm. do it, and then Joel, yeah. knowing that Tommy's about to be a, a a father, ruins that because now Joel's still going to ask him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely makes the, the situation more complicated. But yeah. I, I did enjoy their like all that leads up to the um the woodshed or the leather working shop where he's trying to fix his boots and he just almost fully breaks down to Tommy. Like, Hey man, it's not okay. It's yeah. Here, here's the deal. I, I can't do it. I thought it... And he, he never says, by the way, what I said earlier, I didn't mean it. You're going to be a great father. No. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's someday. okay. It's okay. I know they're, they're working on it. They're working on it. There's limits to their masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, but I, I overall, I enjoyed this episode. Uh, I wouldn't put it high on my favorite episode numbers, but it was still, again, it's not bad in any shape or form. They're doing amazing still. No, and it's kind of, it's kind of hard to rate anyway, because they're, they're all serving different purposes for pushing character, like either you're pushing story or pushing character and usually both. But, and this one was really the Joel episode, right? Like he got Mm -hmm. his episode to like to see that happen and uh, you know i'm pretty sure knowing what happens in the game <laughs> the next episode is going to be pretty ellie focused as we could also see in the well, teaser trailer I, st- I still felt this was pretty ellie uh focused too because she well, i mean oh, she, she was, was learning not, um, she was learning more about no. joel and like yeah. why maybe he is the way he is and a little bit of an insight into oh why has he been freezing? I think she's noticed it was starting to notice the panic mm-hmm. attacks more and more. And she was just thinking, Oh my God, this dude's going to die of a heart attack. He's old. And I just, <laughs> I made him walk halfway across this country. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah. In we're transitioning winter. into like the, we're transitioning into the, into the, into Ellie being the lead yes. of this show. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's going to be really great. And I also want to shout out the um, the the menstrual moment, just that menstrual yes, recognition. The diva cup. <laughs> <laughs> Gets I love the re- reaction cup. to it was awesome. Like, I was like, that's like, that's a good, that's smart. You know, <laughs> yeah. they don't have yeah, to keep looking for supplies, and you know, just it's just that's just smart. There's <laughs> also that was good momming by you know Maria. That's why you got to have the uh, yep. you know the ladies in the. She didn't like confront her either. She was just like, here it is. And here's the instructions. And if you have questions, you know, you may ask. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and we got to talk about the communism thing. Yes. Uh, (laughs) This is so frustrating to me how like everybody talks about, oh, the apocalypse, like everybody thinks they're going to be this hero living like Ron Swanson, right? In the, uh, you know, on their own with a bunch of guns. And I'm like, what's really going to happen is communism. Yes. I mean, and it works when there's like a few dozen to a hundred people like, you know, if you Even all point it resources, doesn't always work, though. Well, no, of course not. And there's gonna be people who get dis- annoyed and leave, and uh, you know. But it's like when you have limited resources, sharing them makes a heck of a lot of sense. And it's the apocalypse. I'm not saying when civilization returns that that's gonna work, but you know what? It's actually a pretty good system when it's a small commune you, of people. You, I mean, you it know, just makes if, sense. if anybody really reads uh, Marx's work, he actually talks about how it o- it only will work in theory in and- an industrialized society. Yeah, like that's what people forget about. It. Industry is what th- that whole thing is about. But anyway, if you look at Native American cultures, if you uh, you know all across from North to South America, indigenous cultures. If you look at the Vikings, they had a it was pretty much communism because they didn't have a king. No, they just had like different people who would share power and you would vote on stuff. I mean, it's kind of like a, a pretty normal state of humanity but it's like we get everybody gets so butthurt over the different but, isms but that they lose well, it's sight just of gotten it. too political like it's yeah exactly. you know, people exactly. have people sap the meaning out of it because what it really is is like what we all think of as children basic human instinct is like yeah if we form a society everybody is equal and we all share everything and if somebody yeah. gets sick or hurt we help them and, yeah. <laughs> and so on and so forth it's pretty natural but emily going back to your point of how this is a very uh Texas episode, I guess you want to say. Um, yeah. The best, uh, another great humorous moment is when uh, Joel's like, so communism. And Tommy's like, eh, not really. He's no, like, no, not really. And she's like, no, it's literally communism. Dude, it's a communism. You get to see how they used to view the world. <laughs> and you see how like upset Tommy is that like, crap, they're right. This is communism and I love it. Crap. <laughs> There's another moment like that when... um. Joel and Ellie are hanging out talking about contractors and and she's like she's like was this how society was and he's like no no back then there were two kinds of people <laughs> and I think that I think he's giving his like his own version of what he believes Democrats and Republicans to be yeah I think oh that's so. actually funny oh that's actually or like funny. or like that's the true. left and right say you know it's like the people who want to own everything the people who think that nobody should own anything yeah and then he's like and then Ellie's like, "Well, which one were you?" And he's like, "Neither. I was just actually just worked." <laughs> but that's funny because so, ma- so many of us are that. We're just like, "Well, we kind of don't really want to have to be in this fight." <laughs> Can y'all just take it outside? Yeah, there's there's definitely some some funny moments like that where where the like Emily said the Texas moments come out. It's quite the the humor landed for me on those ones. I mean, that's how we would have seen the world. It felt very authentic. Mm-hmm. I agree. Definitely. So we have two episodes left, I believe. Two, three. 
How many are there? I thought there was nine. I knew at some point. I thought there was eight. Eight. Then we have two left. I think there's two more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Oh. Okay. That there's makes eight, more nine sense. left, right? Wait. Sorry. What? We're all, there's this nine. Was, this right? was six. I can check an IMDb. This was number this was six. six. Oh, so maybe we have three left. Oh, okay. Nine then. Oh, okay. so we do have three yep. left. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, sense. Joel is going to be passed out for a while, but then I realized the next one is like Ellie's back. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I, I think they're going to swap that out for the uh, the the part in the game where you just fully take over for Ellie, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get a little bit of it, but there probably won't be quite as much like hunting. Yeah. Yes. I'm definitely looking forward to the next episode. I think it'll be really cool to see like her backstory i think it's think gonna, be, it's really gonna cool. be a heartbreaker i think so too and i haven't seen the dlc yet and so i'm a little bit like i'm a little bit like oh come on i just want to get to that finale you know but yeah. i think it's i think it's gonna be worth the wait me, I i'm like well, right i am terrified that this series is gonna wreck me emotionally for the rest of the year like i'm actually like quite concerned about it well good news there we're still early in the year so other things may still wreck you Worse things can happen. Don't worry. Bridget. I don't. I don't know. I feel like this might set me up for the rest of the year. Look, I don't know. Look at the darker side of life. <laughs> oh God. Well, I'm 86 percent through the game, so I feel like, and especially knowing next week is the DLC, I have like two weeks to finish it. So I gotta just don't keep rest. Going don't rest on your laurels, buddy. No, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try to. Don't rest on your laurels. What an expression, Norm. That's a thing that people say, to, I think. Is quite, it? Yeah, it's like a quite old common people. one. Us old people say that. <laughs> like old people? Yeah, I'll, old I'll people admit I don't know what laurels are, but like I know what they are in context. I have no idea. Aren't laurels like... Uh... Go ahead. Yeah, those things. Yeah, it's, it's... They're like... What, what things? <laughs> what things? I just saw no, when you, you when, when a when, when you get... I'm like, are you drawing you boobs? Like I don't festival. know what that means. Laurel, they're way sexier than I Bridget, you no, are no. Uh, no. You know what? I don't. I don't like bringing religious religion into this podcast. But you are a horrible Christian if you don't know what a laurel is. No, it, it's isn't it like you put it on your uh, head and they're. Um, so listen, when you get into a film festival, you get laurels, which are like, uh, what is it called? Uh, twigs with things on them, whatever. Lucas, you're horrible at explaining. Yes, you're really- <laughs> no, I'm doing a terrible job. So laurels are shrubs or plants with dark confused. green, gl- glossy leaves. So, so the leaves are very like, kind of soft and whatnot, and oh, it's like, it's those thingies. Yes, it's those that, things <laughs> that like the Greek gods wear. Yes, oh! mm-hmm. yes. That's you what, guys should have just said that. that. <laughs> you usually get it for a form of praise. It used to be like they put it on your head or yes, something. Yes, I like, understand what those. Well. Yes, okay. yes, I understand. I didn't know that's that was what this hand motion thing. was, but I like that you went straight to boobs. That's we have very similar. <laughs> well, you went like this. You did like a circular motion. I was like, "What does that mean?" It, it, it wasn't just palms, Emilio. That's that's the religious uh, palms. Oh yeah, palms. it wasn't just Palm Sunday. Yes, but it wasn't just palms. It was also laurels. Uh oh. Yeah, these are palms. I didn't even know that this palms palm. were. See, there you go. That's a that's a cross. That's it's, a palm. It's a, you make you make you you take the pro- palms from Palm Sunday and you, and you make a cross and yeah, they tell you how to do it, even in like pre or uh, Sunday school. Over my like head, palm, like palm tree. Yeah, like this yeah. is a part of a tree branch, and the the palms are very bendable and flexible, which is why you can and soft. Kind of. you, so there's a whole time Palm Sundays referred to palm trees. It, yes, uh, 
Emily, I'll have to explain this to you afterwards, but when, when Jesus walked into the city, they laid palms and laurels at his the feet Middle for East. him to walk in, walk on. I thought it was like, little, like the palms of your hand. Nope. Like, no. Oh, no, and it's like legit and, and you know, the, 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 the hole would be right there, although... Exactly, like there's there. a... No, it'd be there in the... Your palms unless you go by the the christian or the the, the catholic version and then it's through the palm <laughs> okay. anyways well, i wonder if steve's gonna cut Stigmata. this tangent out yeah I, I... i'd say remove this, <laughs> this tangent okay that's that resting on your laurels <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. anyway Sounds like that box machina, guys. <laughs> so we are finishing out our coverage of season two of Vox Machina with episodes 10, 11, and 12. And we're going to treat this as one big arc. Yes. What happened? Yeah, the episodes are The Kill Box, The Belly of the Beast, and The Hope Devourer. Mm. Good names, at least. Um, I'm just going to preface this by saying that I enjoyed this series, but I did feel like the second half of the series wasn't as surprising it, i have to say norm we call or emily uh, and bridget as well but mostly norm i guess who called a lot of this uh it, it kind of played out as we thought was going to play out and you're absolutely right that they didn't kill all the dragons man I, I like, knew, it, they didn't even have the dragons fight each other as i was it, hoping it was just, like, a, it just kind of from a storytelling perspective you could Not tell they, they couldn't get there in the time frame they couldn't they, get out of there in one yeah. season yeah um I agree with you, Lucas. I, I, I do love this series, but uh, as this season went on, um, there were moments that were great, but a lot of it felt too sidetracked. Mm-hmm. Um, like like our focus was just too divided in too many di- different directions, and it kind of took a little bit away from the story. Now, I absolutely loved the episode where Grog had to fight his uncle. I thought it was great. I thought it showed great yeah. poise on Grog and obviously his growth. And his, the the priest came back, whatever, <laughs> the monk. as we said, yeah. and his strength was his friends and his friends did help out. So we kind of called all that. But it, I, you're right. And I still enjoyed watching it. It was good. Like, I actually thought it was a really good episode. Very strongest of the three we're going to talk about, actually, yeah. uh, was the Grog episode. Yeah, I think so, too. And we yeah. got our Scanlan development as well. He meets in that Kaylee. Episode, yeah. In that Yeah. And then, you know, they like hit it off and they they go to like hang out um so the kids say and then she 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 pulls a 180 on him turns out she was actually really mad at him because she is his estranged daughter that he doesn't know about uh and it happens when he's tied up in bed naked which is very (laughs) everything about that seems very awkward and very funny and uh the best part about that entire scene to, to me was the the he he starts pouring his heart out to her about her mother, and he gets <laughs> oh, yeah. the name wrong, and it's <laughs> He's so good. About the wrong woman, because I can only <laughs> wrong assume woman entirely. I can only assume he did a he failed that save. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he rolled the Mer- wrong one. Mercer was like, "Roll for a history check there," and he did, and he got came yeah. up like a two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was great, and I did like that they were giving him this, this push in the in this direction like i like this character exactly. development i am a little mixed on the the execution because i felt like it was a little bit you know is it is it crazy to say that it does it feels a little unoriginal uh, yeah i mean a bit 
anyway. I mean, I I was expecting it. I wasn't expecting it to be his daughter, but uh, w- when it was revealed, I was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. Like, I'm not gonna say it's unoriginal, but I did think it was good for where. How are you gonna reform this guy? Uh, that's good motivation. Yeah, that's I thought true. it was a good character choice. Uh, I mean, they at times, especially in the, the first or second episode, they really painted Scanlan as a you know, with the, with the fight or flight context as a flight person. Uh, and then, you know, it, that right there gives him the motivation to switch that to be something, have something to fight for. And you see it in the, the last episode uh, that he finally is like, no, 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 I have to fight for this. And that's partly, that's I'm going to give uh, a, a partial credit to uh, Pike there for for getting him to realize that. Yeah, maybe I just wanted more of the storyline with Pike, but you know, I'm sure that's coming next season. But the the about mm-hmm. face at the end that he does and like saves the day, that was like that was a great crowning moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I have to say the Grog and um, Scanlan definitely got the most kind of attention to their stories in this, but they also were like that was the best parts was watching their storylines. Um, I did like the next day where they're or the, or the next episode where they're all just like getting wasted <laughs> like to celebrate their victory but also then like to plan for the next day so the whole like comedy moments of when you see like Percival try to plan his traps and they're just like too drunk and messing everything up it was a lot of fun by the way I view Percival the same way the horde views Percival <laughs> like oh this guy uh, oh, I really can I just drink through this, this? is going to reveal a lot about our relationships, but I really re- uh, related to Percival in those moments. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, Norm. Wow. Hey. I, I was know. like, Pass I've been, I was like, I've been there. <laughs> Everybody yeah, else like, is an idiot. We have a big test tomorrow. Let's study. And everybody's like, woo, let's drink, party. <laughs> what um, it is to be the one non-idiot of the group. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but then there, there was the whole battle with the dragon umbrasil uh which was it was kind of a cool battle i did like that he turned invisible like they kept throwing these crazy things that i was like if this was an actual game where you're playing and rolling for this would be pretty tense where like you're fighting this dragon that can kill you to begin with and he suddenly turns invisible uh and then the part that i was like yeah this definitely happened in their game they were playing and they put it in the movie or in the show was when they went up his butt (laughs) I was like, that seems like such a ridiculous thing that you would make your dungeon master do, and you'd be like, fine, roll for it. And it would work, and you'd be like, god damn it. How would you roll a 20 on that? And, and, of, and then, uh, of course they do it using Scanlan's hand. <laughs> yep. But at the same time, I'm like, there's no way there would be any oxygen in there. Like, you can't, like, I know dragons defy the laws of physics to begin with, but that to me is just doesn't feel right. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of acid. There's so much air in there. There's still a lot of acid down there. There's a lot. Like they, they would have all been taken out by the acid if we were, yeah. you know, realistically. That's right. Realistically, up a dragon's butt. I'll tell you. <laughs> so there is a, a sense of disbelief that you have to just preface it with. But, um, but honestly, I was like, I don't know. How I feel about that. It's getting a little silly. Like it, when that happens in a campaign, it's funny. But to put it in a TV show, it felt like a little. I will say. I've never thought about the anus of a dragon, you know, quite, no, quite like this, <laughs> like location, size, the shape. Oh my I just, God. I just think if you have that much air I didn't put it in the episode, inside, <laughs> it would have a huge fart. 
You so, have to have a huge fart because you got to expel that gas. So my, my issue with this is, like, as they were go- traveling up there, there were no twists and turns. So this dragon's intestine had to be a one straight <laughs> shot, okay? That just well, sounds weird. the colon weird. does start really straight and then it curves up. So maybe it's right before they got to the curving part. <laughs> but that's, really in, like, that's in most animals. It's I don't really know. clean in there, too. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Worthy of a discussion, for sure. Um. But yeah, I, I gotta say, uh, these these last few episodes outside of G- Grog's uh, fight with his uncle and his a little bit of the, the the development with meeting Pike's uh, grandfather, who is played by Henry Winkler, which was great, and then you know seeing Scanlan start developing his character. Outside of that, the, these last few episodes haven't felt as magical to me. They just felt kind of yeah, all right, like still entertaining, but. Not terrific in my my view. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, after the Fey realm, I think it's to me that, <laughs> yeah, that I feel was like kind of that the highlight of the season set yeah. us up. Yeah, uh, but it does end with uh, I guess the what was the name of the the mysterious robed figure? It turns out is like a dragon in disguise. Oh yes, <clears throat> the uh, one one of the people from the council. I can't oh, Raishan. So the green dragon Raishan in disguise. Um, Keeper Yenin, that's who it was, was the green dragon in disguise. And then Delsvox Machina that is is in opposition to Thordrak's plan. So I was kind of right that it would be like there'd start, there'd be divisions within the dragons that would cause them to fight. But it kind of doesn't happen. <laughs> but they do kill the one dragon. I, I should re- mention that, as Emily was saying, and Scanlan gets a do the final blow which is really cool they actually gave him something to do which i appreciated uh because it kind of was his uh his story arc in the last couple ones and he does it for his daughter mm-hmm. so so yeah i mean i'm curious to see next season i'm i as i said the first half of the season was really strong and i do like all these characters and i'm so i i'll tune in again and i'm hoping that the next season will be you know have all the stuff i like in it and continue growing that yeah, I'm still still pretty hopeful for the next season because, uh, look, I called it halfway through that there's no way they were going to get around to beating all the dragons. I was right. Um, so, therefore, this, this is just a really long setup, and it feels weird to have this much setup and it doesn't really conclude the season. So that's yeah. why I think I'm a little down on these yeah. last few episodes. I mean, I think first half, I super agree. strong. Because we, like, they've set up so much in the first half with, like, some of it did pay off. Like, some of it we've kind of seen close to the end of, or, like, we've seen development come out of it. Um, Obviously with, like, Grog, to some extent with with Scanlan, Keyleth's whole thing where she turns into a fire mage thing. Elemental. Elemental. Um, But, like, the stuff, a lot of the really big heavy-hitting stuff that was started in this season has not come to a close like the matron of ravens champion arc and all of the dragons although you know we did have the one dragon die but lots of dragon stuff yeah there's yeah. plenty more to go yeah. i thought yeah with the begin the way the beginning of the season went i definitely expect expected a little bit of a more dramatic ending mm-hmm. i guess you could say yeah yeah totally. it kind of felt like reverse like how it, the season started, started could have felt like that could have been the season finale vice yeah. versa 
I mean, you the know. beginning was like the entire cities were getting destroyed, right? It was like right. so crazy. Like they really flipped the board over, like we said, and the ending didn't feel like a flip of the board over <laughs> again or anything. It, like it didn't hit that level of uh, intensity. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to make a, a, a bold theory and prediction Ooh. for season three. Um, sure. At the end of season three, they still won't have beaten all of the Chroma Con- Conclave. I believe Thordak will still be alive by the end of season three, and that he won't be dealt with until season four. What? Yep. Okay, that's bold. That's my I hope bold not. prediction. <laughs> I want more creatures, more weird stuff. Like bring bold on new move, villains. Cotton, bold move. Oh. I'm waiting for someone to die. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's not too st- typical in a in a in a campaign to lose people unless they like leave and then so you kill them off intentionally but you never know some you know people die in campaigns just true i'm you know i just i don't know who it's gonna be <laughs> i don't know that's gonna I happen like this prediction but, yeah but i feel I, it feels like it kind of should <laughs> uh from a narrative perspective i know this is of course based on you know it's, it's not quite the same storytelling structure well, but guys, what if it's Pike? I will say uh, my money on any of them would have to either be Pike or Scanlan. That would make the I most feel sense like to Scanlan me. Scanlan now, yeah. Scanlan has a daughter. Makes more sense now. He has. He's looking for love, and the love that he's. I think he's going to find is not the love between him and a woman. It's going to be his love for his daughter and wanting to make himself a better person and. Typically in storytelling, it's usually that guy that gets the. Mm, yeah. That's why I, I think, was thinking that too. I do think Scanlan's more likely of the two, but I think Pike would be the choice that I'd make for maximum darkness. Sure, <laughs> that, it, she's at times been the glue. That she's holds. a true believer, so yeah, she. I mean, think about it. She yeah. she's she holds Grog together. Um, there's obviously something there with Scanlan. Um, she tempers uh, uh, Vexalia a good bit, and at times she picks Keyleth up to like. So yeah, she's mm-hmm. like pretty pretty close to being the heart of the team. She's kind of the moral center of the entire yeah. group. So yeah, so th- if you wanted to to mess them up, that's the one. So Emily, you're sure. you're very right. I just all right. I like this prediction. T- typically, I I would say Scanlan's the guy that goes. <laughs> we shall see. Um, do we have any information on season three? Well, we could look ahead because they did, uh, you know, they had the critical role. They like broadcast all these yes. when they were playing. The story's out I, there. Yeah, the story's out there, but I haven't heard anything from like uh, Amazon. They haven't rele- released anything about it as far as I know. There's no official release date yet. No. So we'll, we'll stay tuned. All right, so from The Legend of Vox Machina to Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania is a great name. I just got to say that. Sounds like a great album cover. (laughs) I didn't put together that the words Ant-Man were in the Yeah, until the the very end. end I only know because of Reddit. (laughs) Somebody posted on Reddit, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, at the end of the movie when they panned out, I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, They did did the thing. Yeah, Missed that, too. Um, so we're going to talk about this obviously, and we're going to start off with a little different format than what most places do. Um, we're going to give a, uh, little bit of a take, um, through, um, poetry in the form of limericks and haikus. So who wants to go first? Oh, I'll take the plunge. 
Wow, Lucas, <laughs> did you write a haiku for us this week? It just it just popped in there. Um, okay, here we go. A world within ours, untethered to time and space, in this hollow earth. See, I changed it on you, Norm. Oh. Um, anyway, Norm, I'm I cheated. I didn't have time to prepare one, so Norm fed me one of his because he's an overachiever. I couldn't take credit. I'm not the employee of the month. <laughs> Well, that's me. That, I would say that would be Emily. I think. Oh wait, that's that does hasn't happened <laughs> yet. Guys. You guys are going quantum mania on me yeah. because that hasn't happened yet. This podcast exists outside of time and space. It does. Well, um, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll read my limerick first, and but I want to give my haiku last, the one that I saved. Um, so here's the limerick. Uh, there was a hero named Scott. With the reputation no one forgot. He saved the world and wrote a book, then saved a tiny world where no one could look. The little hero named Scott. Very nice. Cool. I like Pithy. It. Okay, so I should go then and then Yeah. And then you'll do your mm-hmm. final haiku. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> My haiku was more of a commentary on the reviews that this has gotten. <laughs> I like that. Too much CGI. Not well thought out, you might say. Hey, just drink the ooze. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Okay, so my my haiku that I saved. um, Two post-credit scenes. The final one is a bore. Till we get jet skis. (laughs) what i said when i was leaving the theater i literally called out i said if we don't get jet skis this is shit (laughs) you beeped the wrong part how do you beep the wrong part (laughs) because i was so angry norm i was so angry but i was almost mad at you for telling me that there was the post post like the second post credit screen because i stated the whole thing and i was like that's it what what do you mean that's it you know we'll get there we'll get there okay i love that post credits. we will get there but emily i want to start off with with your haiku because let's talk let's talk about this um (laughs) yeah critics seem to be really not close even close to liking this film yeah and like i so i understand like my general take is that I thought it was really, really fun um, and maybe not that great of a film, but I I can't tell you how good of a time I had during this movie. Like I also, I may have imbibed a little bit beforehand and it. it was like the per, it was perfect. Okay. <laughs> I was so happy to be there. I was so stoked. Every trailer, I was like, that movie looks incredible. Every single trailer. And then we got to the movie we're actually watching we enter the quantum realm and I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And when I got out of the movie, I was like, okay, okay, there is a lot of, there's like, you know, lots left to be desired. Um, and we can talk about that too. But I don't get how, I don't know why people hated all the CGI. They're like, there's too much effects. I'm like, the effects were amazing. Well, all I can tell you is the <laughs> thing I liked about this movie was the CGI. Yeah. Like, I did not like the script. I was not, I'm not a big fan of this movie. I'll tell you that flat out, but I saw it in 3D and it looked awesome. <laughs> so like, it was fun to watch and I enjoyed looking at it. But I'll tell you, like 
we can get into it, but it hit some of people, my worst people pet liked peeves with Avatar? script writing. People liked Avatar more than this. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about Avatar 1 because I've only seen Avatar 1. Remember when that came out? Yeah. Everybody was yeah. like, visually, it was amazing. I'm like, what happened to those feelings? Yeah. Where we could overlook well, a bad yeah. script for the effects. But, <laughs> well, I am so glad I saw this in 3D in the movie theaters. Like, I think I would have had a way, even a less reaction to it if I'd seen this at home because you've got to see in 3D. It, the effects are really <laughs> incredible. Like, it looks great. Yeah. And, you know, I. There's a lot of really good actors in this film, and but that, none of them are given in, in any heavy eyes. lifting whatsoever. Not one person has to do any heavy lifting. There's there's no. no. They all brought it. Yeah, they you know? they all brought it and they all worked off each other. But at no point did anybody have to like act. I don't. Uh, uh, it's gonna sound like a negative thing, but nobody had to like act hard. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just there and fun. Really, I guess Michelle Pfeiffer is the one who acted the hardest. I have some criticisms. They're not of did. Michelle Pfeiffer. They're around Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh, I, do we want to get into... No, we shouldn't... Let's do it how no, we normally no. do it yeah. on this. Just stick with the structure. No, no. <laughs> this, we'll stick with the structure. So we're supposed to not give too big spoilers at front. And so what I'll say, though, is the things I liked was I liked Kang's... Seeing Kang more, because we got to see him a little bit in low-key, but we finally got to establish him as a character. I think Jonathan Majors is... Uh, you know, a rising star. I'm, I'm glad he's, that he's, he's about to have a year. So great. He's, he's so going to have a great year. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. I'm like, I yeah. think he, it was a good showcase for him. He was kind of stole the show for me. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, as you said, n- nobody else really had a lot of heavy lifting to do. Um, enjoyed the daughter. Uh, what's her name? Let me pull up all of these actors names. Catherine um, yeah. Newton. Yeah. Catherine Newton. She was fun. It was great to see her in it. Um, I, I like that they are focusing more on like kind of the next generation of heroes that we as we talked about Young Avengers um, and uh, Paul Rudd you know got to do a little bit of dramatic stuff that made me almost laugh because I'm like I can't take him seriously anymore he used to do like semi dramatic stuff uh, but it didn't matter like he didn't he did exactly what he needed to do for it so like the performances are fine Michael Douglas got to be silly and goofy and some of the best moments in the entire movie were Michael Douglas's moments mm-hmm. and I, so I was great to kind of see them use hank pym more i was glad hank pym yeah. was there and we got to see more of him and we got to you see know, a lot he more was always my favorite ant-man uh yes. like from the animated series yeah uh i i felt like everyone did their job nobody just nobody did the job extraordinarily well and i think that's mm-hmm. my only criticism of this is that like it's very mid <laughs> it's mid <laughs> And um, and that's not a bad thing because I, I agree with you guys. I loved watching the visually. It was it was a feast for the eyes, and I loved watching it. And I was more than content with what was being presented to me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this story has a a lot to desire, I think. But at the same time, um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I'm ready for. I don't. Th- what I was reading into on the critics was that. They're like, oh, he's the lead now of this new Avengers universe. And I didn't feel that. And I'm not ready for that to be the case. And I honestly don't think that's the case. I think that's just. No, uh, it was an ensemble. This yeah, one. I think that was just. The, His daughter, Cassie Lang, had a lot to do. And I, I, uh, I honestly Hope actually kind of like. Yeah. I honestly thought it was this was more or less the critics just being like, oh, no, no, he has to be the the one do you know what i mean wait. like wait who scott 
the Scott is going to be the lead of the. Is going to be like the lead of the Avengers. I don't. I don't think no. that. I don't. Think I don't think that either. Bad. I didn't I'm get that impression at all. I'm saying the critics <laughs> have been like the way they've been talking. They're like, he's the lead now, and if he doesn't do well, this arc of the Avengers and Marvel is dead, and that's the problem I had oh. with what the critics have been saying. That's yeah. That because that's not doesn't right. Seem. <laughs> right at all like i thought when you first started i was like oh kang yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well he is i mean granted that's he the is. best part of this for and me, that's right? to me that's gonna be great yeah yeah <laughs> uh can i say oh cassie lang is, is uh played by Catherine newton and i thought she was really fun had a lot of good energy i'm loving the young the young cast they're bringing in across the board has just brought a really great energy to these movies and tv shows uh, so once again, they did a great job. And I know that she was switched out. It was a different daughter previously. And I, I don't know. There's a lot of controversy online, people arguing back and forth about that. All I can tell you is she did a wonderful job. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, one of my least favorite actors in this whole thing ended up being Bill Murray. It felt really <laughs> weird. I laughed at it at like the moments, but I, it just felt weird. Like it was no Jeff Goldblum. I can say that. Like, oh, yeah. Of like, and I don't bl- really blame Bill Murray for that. It was just a weird place to put him, and it didn't totally land up for me. Um, uh, partly, also, I just thought he never—he said he was never going to do these things. But I guess a paycheck's a paycheck, and these are it's a day's work. And I, I, I again, I don't so. think they asked him. They didn't come to him like, "Oh, you're going to have to do some heavy lifting." They were like, "Yeah, you're going to come here. You're going to say some stupid things, and you're going to." And he's yeah. probably like, "Yeah, okay, fine." Like really, yeah, we just—we just want your face. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. It did make me miss Jeff Goldblum, though. Talk about getting cast in a Marvel thing and just crushing it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so uh, that's how the cast goes. But I got to tell you, out of all this, I have a new crush, Katie M. O'Brien, who plays Gentora. Uh, <laughs> oh. I was like, yeah, can I put her in something, man? Is she the one with – oh, wait, 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 wait. Is she the warrior woman who had yeah. the, the impractical armor that I didn't have any complaints yeah. about? <laughs> Abs popping out everywhere. I was like, yeah. I was like, let's cast her in some more stuff. Yeah, she's the warrior of my dreams. But, but did not do enough – like truly like all those characters. All right. Should we get into criticisms? Maybe not. What's our well? What's well, our, I feel like stick we with should, the format, Lucas. We should very briefly explain what the movie's about. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Um, Cassie, Honey, I shrunk the Cassie kids. ends up building a machine that makes them all have to travel back down to the quantum realm, where we find out Janet's not been exactly honest with everyone about the quantum realm. And we find out Kang the Conqueror is uh, entrapped there. It's been a conquering down there. And hijinks ensue. <laughs> By the way, Kang is trying to escape you. out of the quantum realm yeah. so we can continue his conquering. Yes. The known universe and beyond. You can continue those hijinks. hijinks. Which is, yeah. by the way, how I end like almost all my descriptions is like, and then hijinks ensue. <laughs> and then hijinks that's, that, that's, that's a norm trademark there. That's okay, so let's let's do it. Let's focus on the positive so I don't go down my negative hole. Our three favorite moments. All right, so with that, we are moving into our spoiler-filled section. Sound the alarm. So sound the alarm, and make sure you know that from here on out, we will be spoiling this film. All right. The good. Okay, I just wrote rough notes, and one of the things I wrote under good was Kang, comma, everything. (laughs) So... Mostly. (laughs) I'll start. Mostly. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Mostly everything. But I'll I'll start with 
this is also going to be like not exactly a moment, but just kind of like the first time you see all everything in the quantum realm, like from the creatures to the flora and the interesting drinks that they drink and just I it love was so the, inventive i'm gonna say well that to piggyback off that favorite moment was the drinking the juice that you joked about <laughs> earlier was yeah. one of the best moments in the whole I thing i agree with you yeah that that it was such a clever the, way too of, of saying this is how everybody's gonna be able to understand each other and it was funny and weird and gross dad drink the juice it was a great scene she says oh, drink the ooze and she's got like this ooze. it looks like, like blood coming out, out. <laughs> i'm like oh <laughs> It was a good moment. That was a good moment. Okay, wait. Actually, you know what? Okay, so instead of just everything about the quantum realm being a favorite moment, I'm gonna say the drink the ooze scene. That's my. That's okay. That's my number one. Oh, we all agree. One. That's one favorite moment that we all agree on. Um. Any more? I actually really liked the walking montages. Uh, in the big that book ended the film. Oh yeah. Okay. Where it's like oh nice, and they played Welcome Back, Cotter. Great cut. Yeah, like they start it's just paul rudd it's just it's just paul rudd so, being paul rudd mm-hmm. <laughs> i i actually have that as my number three which is which is funny um and i think the only reason why is because they changed it at the end mm-hmm. yeah. it was the same thing yeah. and, and i'm not talking about like like the whole him getting recognized uh, or misrecognized as spider-man. as spider-man but then at the end be like oh you're the other bug guy ant-man 1250 um yeah that that <laughs> for coffee that wouldn't be enough oh, did you get breakfast too i can't. No, no probably just, just an expensive yeah. coffee wow it's in san francisco wow. it's, it's this is san fran post blip even in new york i've never paid that i have got post i got a really blip. fancy okay <laughs> you gotta, i paid like nine bucks once because i got a bunch of extra stuff in it uh, yeah i mean you gotta figure that the the coffee industry is not quite back to where it was and demand's gotta be high and supply's gotta be low and it could be a really good cup of coffee, or it could be coffee, a really, really you know. good cup of coffee. But um, you know the 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 ending where he's having like the semi panic attack. Mm-hmm. That's that's what made those scenes pay that. off for me, which is why yeah. it came in as number three for me. So for me, I will say I I I, I was focusing on an aspect of the walking scene, but for me, it was when he was reading his memoir. <laughs> with, and it's a bunch of room full of kids and I was like yeah of course like that was a great moment for Paul Rudd to use his comedy but it also was I hate voiceover unless it's used like in a clever way or to like in an innovative way so the whole thing that he's narrating it at first I was like uh oh where are they going with this and it turns out he's reading from his memoirs was freaking perfect and we've all talked about it about the, you know That's he had like, a podcast yeah. or something in his memoirs so that was for me was like a really great way to start the film and I thought it was clever I think that was a runner-up moment for me. It's because it, at the end, I just love, like, he finishes up, and she's like, and that's why you should always, dramatic pause, <laughs> yeah. look out for the little guy. And I was little like, oh, that yeah. was so, like, I want to throw up, but I also love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt. Um, well, it was well done. My uh, second favorite moment, because I laughed way harder than I should have, uh, the death of Modoc. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Are you a little disappointed they killed him off so no, quickly? No, not at all. Okay. It, it was, uh, I was a little bit. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I like how they did Modok, but I hate that. Well, at the same time, I hate what they did with Modok. <laughs> so, um, but I thought the using using Darren Cross as Modok instead of 
the traditional comic Modoc was a good a good choice, and the the whole Cassie telling him not to be a you know jerk a, a jerk. We'll we'll, we'll we'll PG this up and say jerk. Um, by the way, more cursing in this than yeah, most there's... Marvel films. Shockingly, I think there's three different moments of yeah, cursing. mostly de- delivered by Michael Douglas. Mm-hmm. Um, but can I say the oh yeah no finish. but yeah but I I absolutely love that drawn out death of Modoc scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. I laughed way too hard. I have to say that it's not my least favorite moment, but that was I didn't like it. <laughs> it didn't land for me. <laughs> I was laughing hard the so, entire time. I gotta admit, for it. me the uh, my my favorite. I think it would be my third at this point. Sure, my third one was uh, when Kang finally turned it on and started mowing people down left and right. I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "That guy's a bad guy." Like, yeah, I was a little too excited to see Kang flex some muscles and just start blasting dudes left and right. That was pretty cool. I think. Well, I want to give a shout out to the ants that made a new civilization down in the quantum realm. That's my fourth. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my Could honorable have been mention. Yeah, that's my honorable mention for sure. Um, but I wanted to give a moment to Kang. And I think it's it's going to be one of his monologues. And I'm not sure if it's the one where he's talking to Janet or if he's talking when he's talking to Paul Rudd later. I mean, Ant-Man. <laughs> I think the one where he's talking to Ant-Man, because he's, he's, he was a lot more threatening yeah. in that one. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that, that Paul Rudd will, could beat Jonathan Majors in a fight. No. <laughs> nope. I guess he didn't. He didn't nope. really, because... Anyway, I'm skipping to the end. But oh, So that's our three favorites, right? Um, mm-hmm. So then I guess that leaves least favorite. Um, can I start this off by saying this is a trope that screenwriters do that is so bad. It it's pretty much is what tanked the movie for me. Why I'm, it's going to be hard for me to ever like a big portion of this movie is because Michelle Pfeiffer has a secret and she doesn't want to tell him. And it's like, just t- tell him already. Like you're here, you're already here. Oh, just why? Yeah. And it's like the screenwriters kept, no, we got to wait till the right moment for you to reveal this. So we're just going to keep pushing off what a norm, like a normal human being would be like, ah, all right. Like, well, by the way, we're here in the quantum realm. This is what, ha-. like, she would just, oh, I don't want to tell you. I can't tell you. I just, it was like, they kept pushing it off scene after scene. I'm like, there was no believable tell reason. Tell already. She's like, they, oh, they, you know, oh, she's really guilty about it. She feels bad. She doesn't want to put people in danger. You can tell Michelle like, Pfeiffer was working overtime to try to give some motivation to the dumbest screenwriter. It's just a, a trick they do, which adds suspense, but it doesn't really, because there's no reason not to tell. And the only thing it's doing is keeping information from the audience. It's literally just so obvious of a trick. It's annoying. And then even beyond that, um, they kept not saying uh, uh, Kang's name. They're like, him, he. Like, they were like... <laughs> waiting like like he who must not be named but it wasn't because it was he who must not be named they just weren't saying his name and i'm like just call him kang why don't you say kang or the conqueror or something it was so frustrating it was like they were trying to hold off a reveal for later and it was so transparent it was just bad i was like how did this not get edited out i, I agree anyway, with you sorry. lucas but that's not a moment <laughs> it's like no that's, the that's what film. i'm saying like <laughs> That's so. That's a third of the film. Like I was but, like, okay. oh my god, this is just bad. This is screenwriting one hundred and one. You just don't do that. It's just amateur <laughs> hour in a Marvel film. No, I, I, I was like, man. I, we, so I'm not gonna list this as my least favorite moment or aspect of the film, but I'd like to pile on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because this whole time, Michelle Pfeiffer is an incredible actor, 
She has done mm-hmm. a lot in her career. Look, just look in the past at and dozens of films. They Catwoman and <laughs> one of the best, one of the best, best example ever. I could give, I think. And um, and they kind of wasted her because like she has to work mm-hmm. against the script here, and the entire time they have to let that they have to let that res, uh, restraint seep into the rest of her personality. So as a result, she doesn't have a personality in this film. Nope. The entire time. They're in the quantum realm and they're like, we don't know how to do anything because it's a totally different world. And Michael Douglas is all like, Hank's like, I don't know how to drive the thing. And she's like, she's like, those are the controls. She's like, stick your hand. She doesn't give him any real instructions. Yeah, no. And, and I'm just like, there is no reason. There's no characteristic of her. She's not a dick. I mean, uh, yeah. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We've well, there goes the PG rating. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> all right, I already blew yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> Lucas did that when he beeped himself, but beeped, beeped the wrong, wrong word. Um, <laughs> but you know, she's not. She's not like an annoying, mean person. She wouldn't just be like, just figure it out. You know, in 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 actual as her actual character. So so no, it it was so frustrating for me. Really, this is one of the reasons I had a hard time enjoying this movie, and. For all this, all this is why. Like it was frustrating for me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna pile on with you guys because I I agree. <laughs> Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer's character develop or non-existent character development uh, just didn't land for me, and therefore t- took me out of the moment a little bit. But um, also, it it took out of what I thought the theme was gonna be, or the subtext theme. Was going to be, uh, which was going to be like extended family and the family you choose instead of the family, you know, family, um, family, yeah, kin, kin. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought we were going that route, and then I was like, oh, but maybe it's going to be, you know, the little guy. So therefore, you know, um, the ants coming at the end. But it was like the, the the subtext wasn't there for me, and I always say great movies have great subtext. This didn't have it. And I want to say a lot of that was due to how the writers used um, Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne. I really do believe Mm -hmm. that's part of the problem. Yeah, they didn't give her anything to work with and used her to withhold information from the audience that was then withheld from the people around her. It just was... Really Unnes- awkward, badly written, unnecessary. Unnecessary. That's the that's the biggest problem. It, yeah. It's one thing if it was necessary for plot development and for something bigger, but there was it was not necessary in any sense of the the the. No, you could write motivation for a character. Like, why can't I tell you? Like, because I made a promise. Because exactly, there's just like a thousand things you can think of. Like that, there, there's to give motivation to that actor why they can't tell. And she was like, Oh, I don't know. Well, I guess it's maybe shame or something. Oh, it's so stupid. They like they used up all the creativity on the world building. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all right. But, so, but I'm sure you guys could guess what my least favorite moment in this entire film was. Well, it was the post credit scene. Oh. <laughs> Which one? Because there's two of them. How could you? How could you ever say that seeing Tom Hiddleston's face was a least favorite moment for you in anything? Because I disliked Loki that much. <laughs> my frustration Such a is that beautiful it was man. <laughs> my frustration is just that it was it was like a clip of a of an episode, and I was like, what? Like that's all we get? Like a clip of an episode? It didn't. It felt like they literally slapped it on. Like uh, this is it was the post post credit. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. although I love seeing Kang's Albert Einstein look, yeah. or whatever the old old that timey, 
eighteen hundreds. Oh, and then all the Kangs. That was fun. That post credit scene was fun. I did like the, get, like, all the all Kangs, the Kangs, especially seeing uh, yeah. come on zombie Kang. Uh, I was thinking of, of uh, the Egyptian Kang, which oh, yeah. I think is. Is that comic book accurate? Yeah, yeah, like no. Like Amon-Ra or something? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, like ka- Kama, Kama Kang, or Kama Tut Kang, I think. Uh, I can't remember. Um, that was actually interesting. That's the that's the first Kang, by the way. Hmm. Oh, ever. Well, see, I loved his, all the outfits. Can I just say, Kang's outfit when he put his... <laughs> His suit up was cool, dude. Like it looked totally comic accurate, but it worked. Like it yeah, worked. Yeah, for an outfit style. that ridiculous, he looked very not yeah. dominant, and that's that's yeah. an accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, Modok was a little dumb, but uh, Modok was I mean, very dumb. But Modok is kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, that's also comic accurate. Yeah, Modok. That uh, I hundred percent, thousand percent forgot Modok was going to be in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter ruined that for me. I actually think I would have loved it and found it hilarious and unexpected if it had if organically happened. But people were posting photos on Twitter and yeah. it ruined it. At some point, it, it was yeah. Right when um right when Scott says like says the abbreviation, someone says it. They say the it's an acronym. It's, oh, it's an acronym. Uh, thank it's an you. Acronym. It's an acronym. Say, the second they say the acronym, I was like, oh yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> he shows up, and I was I was truly like, I don't know who's gonna be until he was like giving all the hints and i was kind of hoping it was gonna be Patton oswald <laughs> me too i wanted Patton oswald's voice it could have been the same guy he's just his voice changed when he got shrank down and i was like then when i saw it i was like i can't tell if the, this is like if this effects is really bad or really good <laughs> Honestly, I wish I was on mushrooms for this. Movie. You know, I would have probably just loved. I'm going to say it was a good effect because uh, there's no way to make Modok look, yeah, yeah. well. <laughs> Unless was... it's animated, completely no, animated, I, I, even it still then, looks weird. Was... But yeah. yeah, it was upsetting. <laughs> but glad they committed to the bit. Anyway, my <laughs> yeah. least favorite. I guess I think my least favorite moment was also kind of ties into a theme of the of the film that i didn't like as much i really liked cassie lang in general but she really suffered from a bit of a white savior complex that was really more about the script than like her acting of course but when they're going in to to get the word out to rise up against against kang um she gets she's the one who has to be on the mic and she doesn't expect to be she goes out and she's like and she she goes out and she just like social justice is all over like wax is poetic mm-hmm. all over that and i was like i see what they're trying to do here it is not subtle and i'm sorry but it is not well done <laughs> can i tell you the funniest part of the movie for me this is the message i got from ant-man it is easier to defeat a time traveling conqueror of the multiple universes of time and space <laughs> than to cure homelessness in san francisco yep it just, it's just—it's funny that they like brought that teased that in that they're like she's like trying to protest a homeless play, you know, homeless play camp getting a, and then they're like, <laughs> they just brush over that, <laughs> and then meanwhile, then they they can defeat Kang the Conqueror, but like, ah, oh, geez, we just can't find homes for these people. <laughs> anyway. But like, the message, like I understand the message, but it's it's so simplistic to just be like, we just everybody just needs to rise up and work together, <laughs> and it it, 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 it honestly a lot it, of them died. But There's more of us than there are of him, and he knows it, and he knows he can't beat us all. 
Yeah, but the problem is... That's what is, I like when he, yes, he, he came can. down and started blasting it. <laughs> yeah, that And that cool. does not... And also, that does not... There's more of us than there is of him, and he knows that that does also does not reflect the real world. <laughs> it also is part of my criticism, though, of which we didn't even get into, is I wanted... To, the Quantum Realm looked so great, and I was like, I want to know who these characters and creatures are and their backstories, and we had no time to spend with them. So they were just kind of cardboard cutout revolutionaries. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then all they like, got to do was die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the they didn't part. get to have the speech. That's, that's what it I'm was, saying. Like uh, that, your your least Gentora should have gotten your uh, least just, favorite uh, moment tie, tying into Lucas's then favorite moment is so great because it's like, yeah, she makes that speech and everyone's like, yeah, and they do it, and then, and like, then Kang just <laughs> mowing them down. So yeah, like he can't beat all of us, but he's gonna beat most of us. <laughs> Yeah, or and like that's you. terrible advice. I got like, plot in the armor. Real world, if you want to <laughs> yeah. like take down the one percent or like the Illuminati or like whatever the, mm-hmm. first of all, like who who's even to say who the bad guy is? Like is is the bad guy not all of us a little bit? But yeah, okay. So we say that's like this elite. You just say, oh, all we have to do is rise up in a bloody revolution. That's a horrible idea. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It just is. <laughs> as much as I like the idea, terrible. Yeah. No. Th- so I want to piggyback off that though to say. Like, we didn't even know who they were to die. Like they didn't give us any time to spend with these characters as real characters. So, for example, William William Jackson Harper was in this. You know, Cheedy from, Cheedy from the yeah. Good Place. Yeah, and he was he great. Like, barely got anything to do for I love ten him. minutes. And then David Dasmalkian or Dasmalkian is that Dasmalkian was in this as well as Veb. Which one was Veb? He was the ooze. ooze. He was the ooze. So, like, think about that. All these great actors. They got to do nothing. They got nothing. That's frustrating and to me. The biggest thing is we got we got robbed of Luis. Yes. We're okay. Again, complaint number five. We got what? No Luis. I was is it, at least we're gonna get him like as a of cameo. Michael Pena? No, they didn't even buy oh. We were robbed. <laughs> we were robbed of Luis. So we yeah. were robbed. I told you it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, I know, but one could hope. Well, no, I said it hoping. Yeah. Hoping. Back of my mind. Anyway. All right, so, so that was that was a lot our, of least favorite. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of flaws in this one. It looked great though. So complaining about the CGI is so dumb. It's the best part of the. That's the reason to see the movie. Anyway, the ants. The ants. At the end, were and amazing. Michael Douglas gets yeah. to be like, gets to be like, look at me. I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a funny little weirdo. A funky little weirdo. I, I like ants, but it pays off. Ant Man. There's ants. <laughs> That's Ant That's Man, what I always dude. liked always about him. Yeah. He said he's a funky little ant weirdo. So, so I'm. That. <laughs> it's time to transition over to our uh, the film's top three all stars. I'm just gonna throw my yes. three out there. I have a funny feeling we're all Go gonna uh, agree on number one. I'm going to start with Jonathan Majors. I thought he was yep. the best part of this. I'm going to go with Michael Douglas as number two because I thought okay. the moments he had and was given, he did better than and I, I i didn't like the things they gave michelle pfeiffer so i don't blame her for it but i feel like michael douglas realized that they weren't giving her anything and he worked a little harder to try and make those moments land which is why i'm giving him number two and number three i'm throwing out to uh cassie lang aka Catherine newton because i thought for her first debut in the um you know marvel cinematic universe she did better than you know what with what she was given, she did better than what the rest of the cast did. Because let's face it, um, Evangelina Lilly was given nothing. 
she was she had nothing. she had she absolutely had less nothing. to do than yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, she had she had but that's that was a huge shame too. Yeah. I should point that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean she was like forgettable in this movie. Like I forget she's in it because she yeah she was barely in it. Not, and this no, movie is called Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, they were referring um, to Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, she was Wasp. I guess so. Uh, I d- uh, by the way, I-, I will back you up. You know what? At first, I was like, really, uh, Hank Pym for the. But you know what? And I should have had this as one of my favorite moments is when she's like, I had needs. He's like, so did I. It was, her name was Linda. It didn't work out. His delivery of that whole line in that moment was so freaking because she wasn't you, honey. Whatever. There's a like funny little exchange that was beautiful in that moment. But let me ask you, Norm, is that like from the comics? Was there a, is he referencing another actual like romance? Not off the top of my head. I thought I thought thing? they were doing okay. a Michael Douglas deep dive there like something meta for michael douglas but that was a great moment so yeah sure i'll give uh jonathan majors the first michael douglas second the question is i mean i would say i really enjoyed um uh my new crush uh katie m o'brien so i would give it to her but again like not a lot of character yeah not a lot to do so she put in a good performance So I guess I'll say Cassie Lang is the one who actually, or Catherine Newton is the one who, um, you know, had enough to do and yeah, did a good job. Like I said, I loved her energy coming in. She definitely brought a lot to the character. So I could, I could, I could back you up on that. I'm going to, I agree. Um, I originally had Paul Rudd as my number two, but I'm, you know, I'm looking back, I'm seeing that that's just because I personally love Paul Rudd and it is a dream of mine. Paul Rudd would win for one and two, like Ant-Man one and two, he'd be on the list. And, but and in this a, one, it is a personal kinda... dream of mine to interview him someday. But oh. <laughs> just gonna put that out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I won't let that get in the way of my judgment. I'll give it to Michael Douglas. <laughs> okay. Okay. But this one, I mean, it is a shame. Like, because I thought Paul Rudd, his level of of humor and antics in the first two Ant Men were just like the reason to watch yes. it. He was so entertaining, and he just felt a little more muted in this one. It wasn't his performance; it was just what he had to do. And yeah. He had to be a little more serious. So. All right. um, Should we score it? Or do we want to give any theories beforehand? Well, I guess the theories would be what happens now with the timelines and the Kangs. They're all uh, well, Kangs are assembling. Things. Yeah, only only bad things are going to happen. But like the Council of Kangs there at the end was uh, at the at the first post credit scene was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's several Kangs that obviously show up in the uh, comic books that we see. Although I will say. According to them, Kang the Conqueror, who is my favorite of the Kangs, is gone. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a disappointment. So hopefully they bring him yeah, back, totally. and I'm oh. hoping they have to bring him back. Well, he's yeah. gone, and they say he's dead, but I was like, is he? He gets shrunk even smaller, right? Yeah, so I'm hoping he comes back because that's my favorite <laughs> yeah, version of the Kang. So I'm, I'm going to – my theory is um, Kang the Conqueror is not dead. Uh, the, the Kang Dynasty, that's going to be an Avengers movie – in 2025, I think, uh, will be at the the ending of that will be Kang the Conqueror returning and killing out all the other Kangs. All the other Kangs. Yeah. Gotcha. That's my prediction. Man. Oh, what a time to be alive. Yeah. Oh, and and by the way, uh, <laughs> Cassie Lang, aka Stature, will be joining the Young Avengers soon enough. Stature. 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 <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we laughed about this in the past. <laughs> Um, just kidding. That's a great name. Um, 
It seems like there's going to be some parallel <laughs> conflicts, right? Like the Kang situation and the gods. I'm like trying to, I'm thinking like back. The Celestials or the. But I'm thinking back to Thor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe that's. Well, the then there's also small the Eternals. Yeah, there's the Eternals. There, there's yeah. the Council of the uh, the Pantheon. And the, Mar- of the, gods. the Marvel's movie coming out is going to have to do with the. Eternal and Secret Invasion? Stuff, right? Well, Secret Invasion, I don't think is going to have anything to do with any of this. Oh, okay. But it might, well, it might tie in at the end. We'll see, like, where they go. But I, you're right. It's not going to start out having any of these repercussions, I don't think. Is it even possible to theorize anymore? Because I, <sighs> I don't feel smart enough to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have enough information. Um, I, I bring up again that there, there, there's pockets. And I think Secret Invasion is going to live outside of the pocket of what the main story is here mm-hmm. and i i truly believe that's going to be the 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 meat and potatoes of uh of this what they're calling the the what, the quantum mm-hmm. or whatever whatever quantum verse quantum verse yeah. or or the multiverse right multiverse um so yeah the multiverse saga i i think I truly believe uh, Secret Invasion is going to be outside of that. My prediction is that it probably won't be as good as the Infinity Saga, but I think it's going to be just such a joy to experience, regardless. Yeah, I think once it all starts, cro- you know, culminating into like the crescendo, is I think people are going to be a lot more understanding and forgiving, and actually enjoy, stop bitching and enjoy it. Yeah. You know? So that's my prediction, which can't be verified for another like five to ten years. <laughs> uh, all right, I guess now we we move on to our final sc- uh, score and remind everyone that the verse does our uh, rating system here a little differently. We do it by a letter grade, uh, and of course they all stand for something. A standing for all time B better than most C could have done better D don't expect to like it and F F this movie I'm just gonna jump in solid C here same I was like no plus on this just to see I'm actually gonna give it a C plus I think there was uh there was a lot of potential there they just uh missed the boat on a couple things and I think you go back and you change a couple things about Michelle Pfeiffer's character that they just dismissed. And, you know, they either a completely paint the revolutionaries as background characters or B bring them further into the limelight. And you got a better film Mm -hmm. than what you got a really good film there. You got to take a pick. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. If they, if if they actually had more to it, I probably would have liked it more. Yeah. So just saying something because it was already a pretty long movie. So without Bridget um, and you two giving a C and me giving a C plus, it still stays at a C. Solid C. Mm-hmm. Solid C. And if we rated ants. it out of ants. <laughs> oh, that's what that ends. <laughs> um, five out of ten ants. <laughs> I'm actually going to give it six out of ten ants. I don't have a good explanation for why. <laughs> Fair enough. I think it's it's going to be my enjoyment of the film pushes it up. Well, but apparently only on this rating scale. <laughs> well, I have I only have six ants, so I guess three point five 
ants Wait. out of six? <laughs> I think you're I think you're focusing on human ants. Oh as, as kin. You're focusing on kin and Oh, you're on... saying the family of ants. But some of them are wasps. <laughs> oh, not in my family. No, there Wait, aren't there I have a few Wait. I have a few wasps. Are there six? Waspy ants. Of legs? Ant legs? Yeah. Oh, ant legs. I thought you were talking about like members. No, I was. I was making family. I was making the joke about ants, aunts type thing. Aunts. Yes. Dang it, Aunt Carol, Wait. get out of there. <laughs> Quit dropping eaves. So you're saying that there's five Van Dyne members plus an ant. <laughs> uh whatever. I'm I'm, I'm going I'm going middle of the road we're done with we're done with this joke (laughs) yes that was our coverage of ant-man quantumania if you agree or disagree fight it out on social media well make sure you subscribe to the verse wherever you find your favorite podcasts apple google Stitcher, Spotify, etc. Notice how I said Google correctly this time. No, you, and you, you got you got Spotify. Got you got them all and right. I got them all right. I got them all right. Oh my god! And you're employee of the month. Yes, yes. A well, plus, Lassie. Thank you. And also, make sure to share with a friend or on your social media pages and tag us because you might just get a shout out here on the verse. Well, until next time, if you want to follow me, Lucas Longacre, you can follow me at Luconian Logic on Instagram and Twitter and on VR Chat. Ooh, fancy! Mm-hmm. Um, if Still you waiting follow... for that Stitcher. <laughs> there are Stitcher, Twitcher. What is it? Twitch. Norm on Twitch. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, that uh, that doesn't exist yet. But maybe maybe I need to look into it. Uh, but for now, you can follow me on Twitter at random underscore white guy. Oh, I am Luconian Logic on Twitch as well, by the way. You just reminded me. <laughs> oh, see, we are on there. Uh, you can follow me, Bridget Brogan, uh, at Bridget Brogan 16 on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter at Emily Ayu. Oh, man, we really should fix them at some point. <sighs> Don't look at me. I just know how to take them apart. I kind of assumed someone else knew how to put them back together. <laughs> Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Bridget, call the mechanic. Just hand me the hydro spanner, and I'll take a whack at it. Somebody got an uh, electric screwdriver. <sighs> and finally, there's our producer, Stephen Prusikowski. Uh, last we saw, he had a bunch of robot parts and taking them to the black market. Ah. <gasps> Um, I think there was more there than what Emilia could pry off those two. God, please tell me there's no more robots in this place. Um, He can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd as at FilmSnork. Well, there's our music. Thanks for listening. Keep sending in those questions and comments on our Twitter page at TheVerseCast, and we will see you next time in The Verse. The Verse is presented by ScreenRadar.com and produced by Steven Kruzikowski. All right. Um, so in Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, we find out that Scott Lang was named Employee of the Century at his Baskin-Robbins. So that leads me to the question that I need to know from all of you. Have you ever been named Employee of the Month? Or anything 
similar. I rarely worked anywhere. <laughs> I've been my own boss for like 20 plus years. So no, the answer Norm to your question is no. Wow. You've never named yourself employee wow. of the month? Oh, that's that's pretty No, that's employee. I'm an employer. Yeah, but you're oh. also but when you are a single entity entity, aren't you both? Well, I can tell you I've definitely had a corporation where and right now actually I'm a co-founder of a company and so there's I'm the only one on payroll. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to right now I'm going to give myself <laughs> employee of the month. Thank you, Norm. Yes, Yay! it's official. Congratulations, right, buddy. One of us. You know what though? I earned it. <laughs> um, Am I the only one now? No. Am I the only one who's ever so been an employee I've of the month? I guess I've never been employee of the month, but I was student athlete of the month in my senior year of college. Ooh. And this is a good story because they named the male and a female athlete and they put like our pictures, it was two separate pictures side by side on Twitter. And the graphic that got made was like this kid's name, which started with an M, and then my name, Bridget. And when they put the name side by side in these two photos on Twitter, they it cut off. It? No, it cut off. His name oh. was Mike, I think, and it cut off the M I the I K E, and so, but it cut off the B R to my name. So it's our two photos, and it just says. <laughs> midget across the top <laughs> and so all of a sudden i log on to twitter and everyone's like bridge your student athlete post is getting a ton of likes and i was like why and and then, then i go on and then i'm like that would be why that would, that be, why. would be it <laughs> that old chestnut could have been worse i'll just say it could have been worse that's a good story um yeah i was named employee of the semester at the sabaros i worked at at, at penn state when i was there nice yeah. the whole semester the whole Dang. semester they that's, that's all they, they didn't do employee of the month they only did employee of the semester so i was i was one of the better pizza makers <laughs> nice <laughs> have you used those skills since? oh I, yeah i mean if you get me the stuff nice. i can make yeah. you a nice pizza i know how to toss it i can th i can even toss it up in the air i'm good at that nice wow that's a skill that's an yeah. acquired skill. skill so emily no nothing no accolades, no laurels that you could rest on? <laughs> well, oh my god, the saying makes sense now. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think if Emma, I'm Laurels were another word for like the soles of your feet. <laughs> oh my god. Or your god. heels. Oh my resting god. on your heels. No, no, like uh, student of the week. No, uh. Well, I, I mean, I did very well in school, so I was like always like honors and stuff. Um,. I was considered gifted. <laughs> uh, no I worked. <laughs> I worked at the old folks' home in the cafe, and I was average at that. <laughs> well, I think that we should name you first cast member of the month. There we Thank go! You. Oh my god! Congratulations! Yeah. I okay, you definitely yeah. stepped up I'll tonight. Take it. I'll say that. Even though she uh, yeah. destroyed all of our robots and used the parts to buy jelly what? eels. She got a, that's a can of jelly eels, man. That's but yeah, have a innovation. Here, but have you this... eaten any of those jelly deals? Have they been shared with the team? Yeah. Take one. Oh, maybe you're the only one who hasn't been he, dipping Oh, in. ouch. Ow! Here's, here's your complimentary uh, bucket of jelly deals. And here, you can have this little statue. There you go. Oh, that's oh a God, horrifying statue. Who is that? <laughs> 
That's salt. It is salt. That's me when I wake up. Oh, oh. Bridget doesn't play with us. I don't have my glasses on. You don't play with us. (laughs) That is salt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it looks great. Have you been working on your 3D printing? I have. Nice. Oh. 